Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Thursday, May 4th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know, folks, that today is May the 4th be with you? And she is so excited about that, she has set her phasers on fun. Uh, oh yeah, nerds, I know phasers is a Star Trek term, not a Star Wars term, but just roll with it. She is the she-devil with the spatula. She's the Khaleesi of BC. She is Drea Humphrey. How you doing there, Drea? And what are you, a Star Trek or a Star Wars fan? Or neither? I am neither, I was going to say. <laughs> I, I do remember like family members watching it and me like just playing with Barbies hidden in the corner, but my brothers are big uh, Star Wars fans, so I've seen all of the Star Wars stuff. I just had a feeling, I'm, I harken back to high school, none of the cool girls were into science fiction for some reason, <laughs> and you're proving that hypothesis. Um, but uh, we have a certain uh, head honcho in Ottawa who seems to be uh, really into uh, Star Wars. We'll get to that in a second. But what are the ground rules, such as they are, Drea, in terms of what we're ostensibly trying to do here today? Well, welcome everybody to the Daily Roundup Live, where we go over the latest current events in this crazy world and we take you with us. It's pretty interactive because you guys have the opportunity of joining in and you can do so on Rumble or Odyssey. If you go there, there are live chat options where you can comment in, give your advice or comments about what we're discussing in the latest news. And if you donate $5 or more, we try to read those. And that also helps support our journalism here. And we're also letting people know about Locals.com. We're getting smarter. You know, we know Bill C-11's past and we know the censorship goals. So we are uniting our people together in a community that stands for free speech. If you go to locals.com, we usually have a link in the description box below and you can join our community. And again, if you want to be a supporter there, not only will you get our free content that's up there, but you will also get our exclusive content, which includes things like documentaries, includes um, you know footage that hasn't been seen before, and the lovely Ezra Levant show. So great place to be if you're tired of all the censorship. That's locals.com. Fantastic. And we'll have also an announcement of some great new Mother's Day merchandise uh, coming up. Uh, by the way, I must say, Drea, you look resplendent in that beautiful Patriot t-shirt. Am I allowed to say that, Mr. Producer? I'm not going to get in trouble with HR again, eh? Okay. No, just checking. Um, so, as teased, um, well, 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 uh, our part-time drama teacher slash full-time prime minister, that would be Blackface himself, he evidently had a very important message for Canadians. Uh, yeah, why is my spidey senses already tingling? Roll it. Oh, there's no audio. Okay. <laughs> so it's just him boy this is really bad tv isn't it so this is justin trudeau's big reveal in terms of a very important message for canadians it is may the fourth be with you wow that was way lamer than my intro for you, Drea Humphrey, I gotta say. But you know what, it springs to mind uh, since we're on the Star Wars file, and maybe someone can send in a super chat about this. What Star Wars or even Star Trek uh, character comes to mind when you think of blackface? For me, it's Darth Vader in Star Wars and the way he's putting our constitution into the paper shredder and turning Canada into a police state. Darth Vader would very much like Canada in 2023. As for Star Trek, he's lame. Uh, let's call him a tribble, okay? Uh, what, what, what say you, my friend? Well, I've noticed since he started his own YouTube channel, he's <laughs> been doing more of these sort of like social media stuff where he's starting to, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of campaigning to be more likable since he's the most hated politician I've seen in, you know, present times recently. So I think that this is part of that strategy. It's like, how can I be fun and, and hip? And I know I'll write this little note and, and things like that. But people have not forgotten his leadership uh, over the years and where Canada is going with uh, a little note like that. You know, you might be right, Drea. I, I... I think if I did some research into Star Wars demographics, it probably skews younger. 
And this is Trudeau saying, uh, I'm going to get down with the kids. I'm going to show them how hip I am by knowing that this is a very special day uh, for Star Wars uh, fans. Then again, I, there is a baby boomer audience for Star Wars, too. I think the first film came out in 1977, if I recall. Uh, but, you know, here's where I'm coming from, Drea. Think of all the things that are concerning Canadians right now interest rates, inflation, yeah. Chinese interference in our elections, Chinese uh, police stations, the Trudeau Foundation, the WE Charity, all the scandals that blackface is uh, responsible for. And he bills this as a very important message. It's not important. It's, it's not even trivial. It, it, it's useless. Why doesn't he come forward and address the issues that are really affecting Canadians and address those issues that are indeed affecting the very integrity of our democracy, Drea Humphrey. Well, I think I'm okay with, you know, a politician poking fun on certain days and things like that. I think the real issue here is that nobody's buying anything that's coming out of this man. So when you see him write this joke, it's just like, it feels like it's just not genuine and there's just another angle to it. That's that's how I perceive it. And that's my issue with it rather than, you know, making a Star Trek joke in general. I think politicians can have a sense of humor, but I think he at heart is an actor. Oh, and, that's what we're seeing. and he's in his role of a lifetime. And let's not hope there's an epilogue. I mean, there's all kinds of chatter that whenever that next election is, Drea, um, many liberals are saying, we, we can't win with this guy. There's too much baggage, even for Trudeau. Uh, Mark Carney's name has been bandied about. Uh, at least he'd be the adult in the room, uh, I think. <laughs> um, but what, if you had to bet, Drea, um, whenever that election is called, it could even be this year, I doubt it will be, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it will be next year as opposed to 2025. Do you think this party is going to the polls with blackface as the leader again? Well, I thought that they kind of had to. Am I wrong about that? Maybe I just don't know the answer to that. But um, I think it would be wise for somebody else to run. But yeah. I don't know. He, he just seems like he's campaigning already to me. Are you not getting that vibe already? So... Um, maybe that's who he's campaigning. Maybe he's campaigning into his own caucus to be like, look, I'm liked. People love me. I'm on YouTube now. Keep me as a leader. <laughs> and maybe that's what I'm noticing. So um, it would be wise of them not to have him run. But I it wouldn't so. surprise me if he is. But you know what, Drea, when it comes to blackface, we are dealing with an enormous ego. And I'm sure he's going to be exactly. gently persuaded. Um, look, you know what? Um, in your 10 years, you've you've left a legacy. God knows what that legacy is. I mean, every time I ask a Justin Trudeau supporter at election time the question, uh, and this is a yeah. guaranteed question for dead air, Drea, it's this, what is Justin Trudeau's greatest achievement? And aside from death. legalizing pot. <laughs> yeah, and great death. <laughs> That's it. And division. Yeah. But maybe they can pretend he's actually left some kind of legacy behind. But uh, if and also I understand for the backbenchers in the Liberal Party, they come back to their writings and they're just getting heckled by their own constituents, even people that voted for them saying, look, all this Chinese interference, especially Drea, we're getting bombarded with questions. What did you know? When did you know it? I mean, it's a lot of pressure on us. It's a lot of stress. So maybe there will be regime change at the head in the uh, uh, the months to come, and maybe it would be changed for the better, or maybe it'll be as the Who once said, "Meet the new boss, same as the old boss." Oh my maybe god! Maybe if there isn't uh, leadership <laughs> change, maybe people will cross the floor. Maybe they'll say, "You know what? That's the last straw." Wouldn't that know? be nice? Uh, that would be nice if as long as it's more... not over to the NDP. <laughs> yeah, like my MP Leona Alislev uh, in the riding where I live in Richmond Hill. Although she crossed the floor for the wrong reasons, uh, Drea. That riding is typically a swing riding, and she guessed correctly that in 2019 it was going to swing um, uh, conservative, and so she crossed <laughs> the floor the year before and got elected. Ah, see, what comes around goes around. 
in 2021, guess what? Uh, Leona outsmarted herself and swung back to liberal. Uh, so I, I'm just wondering if she is going to be the candidate of record because this makes me queasy as someone who admires Pierre Polyev, who would love to see the conservatives uh, win the next election. Uh, when you have a closet liberal uh, switching uh, colors only for getting elected herself, has nothing to do with the policies, um, that's the wrong kind of candidate, I think. And by the way, she's never given me the time of day uh, for an interview. So she's on team censorious thug that way. But um, why don't we go from blackface's uh, scribblings on a piece of paper to billboard Chris. Here's an individual I greatly admire, puts himself quite literally at risk. As you know, Drea, he's had his arm broken. I think that happened in Montreal. He had some look like mentally ill transgender people attack him in your neck of the woods. And um, well, we, here we have a, a debate, if you can call it that. It's Billboard Chris with a guy at Portland State University. Oh my goodness, can you imagine how woke that campus is? Uh -huh. Portland, Washington, are you kidding? Let's see what happened. Is a fucking idiot. You. Do you want to have a No, I don't want to talk to you. I want you to fucking leave. Okay. Nobody's impressed. You guys fucking suck so bad. Okay. You are the dumbest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Should we be about the conversation on the university campus? My man. See, you should talk to this guy. You should have a conversation. Should we be No, you should shut the fuck up. You should move to a cave and die. Because you're an idiot. This is a place of learning, and you're a stupid motherfucker. Okay. You should listen let's, here let's, and not uh, talk. What's stupid about my position? Everything. Like what? It's, you're an ignorant, hateful little, little shit. I don't know why you're thing. so insecure. Tell me one thing that's I'll tell you 10,000 things. Hey, you suck. Here. Fuck you. Hey, yeah, that's two right there. Okay. Yeah. What about the position? Like, your position is you're a fucking idiot. My position is I give a shit about everything. Ah, uh, the level of debate in the hallowed halls of academia these days, Drea Humphrey. I mean, once again, uh, someone that can't uh, not resort to the F-bomb and worse in terms of making his argument. I'm not sure what the argument was. I think at one point he wished uh, <laughs> Billboard Chris was dead. Gee, that's nice. Uh, go to a cave and die. Yeah, go to a cave and Your die. Your mind is so sick. Like, how do you even come up with this stuff so fast? But why are these people completely incapable of debating the issue at hand, Drea? Because the issue at hand is child mutilation. Yes. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to say in defense of that? That's why you have to get so mad and angry and swear and, and deflect and, and say all these things. They, they are standing up for child mutilation, for children to opt into, uh, you know, life-altering medication that could make them pharmaceutical yeah. patients for life, that can uh, lessen their bone density, that can make them sterile. And this is a decision the child is supposed to make from themselves 10 years before, or sometimes 13 years before their frontal cortex is developed, meaning their brain is not developed for reasoning and decision making. So what logic can you say in defense to that? And special thanks to Savannah Hernandez, by the way, who uh, filmed that footage, got real close and put that up on social media mm -hmm. so for we can see. But Billboard Chris, if anybody actually does talk with him, he knows the facts. He knows the stats. Yep. He knows, um, you know, that in the UK, they've kind of done these transitions sort of at a higher volume than us years earlier. And now there are so many young adults who are saying, what the heck? Why did the adults in my life allow this to happen? Around a thousand families are taking their now shut down most popular gender clinic to court, the Travistock Clinic in the UK. Yep. Um, so it's when you talk about who's educated on the matter, they think, okay, I'm at university, I'm educated, this is just all hate. The truth is they don't know the facts. They are uneducated on the matter, and they themselves are the ones spewing out hate instead of knowledge. And so uh, I do like that Billboard Chris goes out there peacefully. That's what I really like yeah. about Billboard Chris. He has the most peaceful stance, and it becomes very clear who is hateful, 
who is venomous. And I know some of you are probably wondering, well, what happened with that officer if we have a little bit of B-roll in case you missed it, but completely uh, internationally viral footage um, that was captured by a Vancouver-based journalist, Dan Dix, when uh, you know he was getting mobbed in Vancouver by violent trans activists, go figure, and officer Frederick Buckman was just smiling at oh, the yeah. incident. I mean, they're dehumanizing people who, parents, people who are standing up for this important controversial issue. And some of you are probably like, what's going on? So I have a video coming up today. Uh, close to 20,000 of you signed a petition about that officer's conduct, wanting her fired, disciplined. So I have an update coming up. I believe it's coming up pretty soon. So make sure to check fireofficerbuckman.com for that uh, petition update. But yeah, there's that incident there. Andrea, um, I kind of understood where Officer Buckman was coming from a few weeks ago. Um, we obtained material from the Toronto Police Service. I did a monologue on it mm. when I was filling in for Ezra. And it was eye-opening. And I imagine if it's in right. the Toronto service, it's probably in other police services across Canada. Basically, it was the transgender training modules. It is absolutely astonishing to watch. Um, and in you know, fairness to the Toronto Police, this is not an organic initiative by them. They've been ordered to do this by the Ontario Human Rights Commission based on one complaint they received of somebody who was misgendered or the wrong pronouns were used or what have you. And essentially, um, the crux of the matter, Drea, is that trans people do not have equal rights, they have special rights. And yeah. uh, we saw that on display with Billboard Chris in your neck of the woods. And um, I urge our viewers, if you haven't seen that, we put it up in free content, uh, content section. Uh, please go check it out because police officers are being lectured to by apparently trans homeless people by the looks of things, uh, Drea. It, it is so surreal. And, um, and so at the end of the day, Officer Buckman, in her defense, she's just following orders. You know, she's been instructed, I presume, to look the other way. And that's why when Billboard Chris gets assaulted right in front of her face, um, she dared not wade into that because uh, maybe it's going to be a reprimand down the road for her. But, you know, the other thing I want to address is the whole LGBT community um, going up against demonstrators who are concerned about age appropriateness and forming a counter demonstration, uh, basically implying that children should have no rights when it comes to whether it's puberty blockers uh, that they take or uh, being subjected to pornographic novels in elementary schools. Andrea, here's what I don't get. Last week, ace cameraman Lincoln Jay and I, we went out to Whitby, we covered a, uh, a protest, mostly by mothers and grandmothers, very nice civil people, and they were on point. They had a list of books in the Durham district, including the school they were at, Colonel Farewell, and it was downright pornographic. I'm not even going to read the passages, but it involved sex, oral sex, masturbation, you name it. Um, here's the thing, there was a counter demonstration uh, denouncing these people as haters, bigots, transphobes, homophobes. <laughs> yeah. But Drea, is, yeah. the point is, the demonstrators against the porn in the elementary schools, they were on point. This mm -hmm. is inappropriate material for elementary age children. They never Simple talked about sexual orientation. They never yeah. talked about gender ad identification. So for this community, you know, the so-called love trumps hate LGBTQ mafia, you are on the wrong side of decency and, dare I say it, history. If you're making a stance that children should be uh, subjected to pornography, uh, you are on the wrong side ethically, morally, and, and perhaps even legally because this group wants to challenge the legality of this material getting into our schools, Drea. 
Well, I know out here the Anti-Hate Network has put out just a little blurb and accused uh, people of being anti-LGBTQ or, um, you know, hateful when they are protesting the same thing out here in BC. So I think part of the problem is people just trust organizations like that. They just think, okay, well, they must have done their research and they're not seeing the images in the books themselves. And then uh, when you confront them, which I have done sometimes, you know, they 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 quickly they they don't have the fight in them anymore. Usually, even if yeah. they still act like they're on the other side, you can see they go home and they're probably like, "I'm not coming back to one of those things." So that's the real thing. So the the troubling thing are the school trustees, are are the teachers, are the ones who actually know, who have seen this footage and still say, "No, this is okay." And not only this is okay, they they still think you are spreading hate by not wanting this in there. The, that's the the craziest part to me. It's unbelievable. And the most concerning. A Andrea, uh, a heads up to our audience that might be in the greater Toronto area on May the 15th, that May, that's May 15th at the Durham District School Board, they are going to vote on a motion, which is going to make it, um, well, I can't say illegal, but it, uh, questions will not be entertained. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts regarding anything to do with sexuality in the school whether wow. it's a hundred percent whether it's shared bathrooms or pornography for elementary school students i have been told this is going to be one hell of a cage match there is going mm -hmm. to be more than a thousand uh, concerned parents trying to pack into this school board uh, meeting and hopefully some trustees will get a whiff of what's in the air and uh, say, nope, this material is not age appropriate. We're going to pull it and be, no, we're a publicly funded school board. We're yes. not supposed to be censorious thugs. We're not right. supposed to. Or political. Exactly. Uh, so May 15th at the Durham District School Board, that is going to be extra special. One more yes. video we should get to before uh, an ad break. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to interrupt with two uh, chats that we have because they're to what we spoke oh, at at the very you. beginning. And so for those of you just tuning in, you can live chat with us to be a part of the show on Rumble or Odyssey. And in the beginning, we were talking about Trudeau's uh, May the 4th be with you. And David had asked people who they think JT, Justin Trudeau's character would be. So and Mark donates $5. Thank you very much. And says JT is the Borg queen. Oh, good one. <laughs> and you know what? Perfect. Uh, perfect character for Trudeau. He calls himself a feminist. The Borg Queen, of course, rules over uh, the Borg. One of the creepiest characters to ever come out of uh, the Star Trek universe. And you know what? Uh, I got to tell you, Drea, the tagline for the Borg, uh, self-determination is irrelevant. Resistance is futile. That's how Justin Trudeau runs his government. With oh, the gun go. grab, with Bill C-11, and everything else, it's all about dictatorial control. So what a fantastic comparison. And also, that would make him transgender, too, right? Being the queen. I was going to say, it hits the diversity <laughs> mark real good, too. Oh, there's... So there's... it looks like... Oh, here we go. There's the, there's the board. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> and um, so it looks like Enmark did a pretty good job hitting the nail on the head. But there's some competition because Cool Beans 89 donates $5. Thank you very much. And says, David, Star Trek character that best suits blackface are the Borg resistance oh. is futile. Uh, Drea, not to be a sexist, but you are a very beautiful woman. Oh, thank you. <laughs> How dare you assume my gender, Cool Beans? I, I agree. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a heterosexual male. Resistance is futile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Those were, those were good chats, and I agree with both of them. Fantastic. Um, and, uh, yes, let's get, before our ad break, which is coming up at the half-hour mark, uh, Drea, um, oh, goodness, we have a brawless student who was screaming and singing in front of Billboard, Chris. Why do I get the idea that this might be somebody I don't want to see without a bra? Just saying. I 
And of course, it's the violent, disgusting, WAP Cardi B song that's being sent. Like, is this the best we have of university now? What is happening when this is the minds that are coming out to a simple debate, if you want to call it? You took She's the words out of my mouth, Drea. You know, back in the day uh, when there was a mental health facility on uh, Queen Street, let's call it what it is, an asylum, uh, 999 Queen Street West. I think they changed the address to 1001 because some of the inmates looked at 999 upside down and <laughs> thought they were in hell. Uh, but I digress. What I'm getting to, Drea, is that person acting that way as an adult, as opposed to a three-year-old toddler uh, having a freak out in the toy section of Walmart, would have been brought into a rubber room for her protection and ours. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, let's make insane asylums great again, shall we? <laughs> let's get those things open. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And um, why don't we take a quick break right now, as we must, and we'll get back on the other side with, oh, my goodness, uh, this, this has to be a misprint. CBC was involved with some kind of blackmail? My goodness, from their <laughs> sugar daddy blackface to carrying out blackmail. That's a lot of darkness for our public broadcaster, uh. but let's check out this ad first. The media said that Canadian truckers were Russian agents controlled by Vladimir Putin. Justin Trudeau called them extremists. The small fringe minority we are here out of love for our families, our communities. And the government put the country under martial law to stop them. But what's the real story? If you can't see the future in clear outline right now, you're not paying attention. But the truckers in Canada can. And I want you to know that I am not afraid. For the first time, the woman at the heart of the trucker convoy speaks out. Tamara Leach, passionate organizer, loving mother and grandmother, proud Métis and proud Albertan, and defiant political prisoner jailed for daring to criticize the government. Tamara Leach, her new book, Hold the Line, My Story from the Heart of the Freedom Convoy is the inside scoop of what really happened. You've heard from the media and the convoy's critics. Now hear the truth from the woman who inspired the world and made Justin Trudeau blink. Visit theconvoybook.com to order your copy now. If you want to look good and shine like me, you can do so at our store. Go to ribbonnewstore.com. On this website, you have so much different style to wear as this one, my favorite one, Justin Castro. With my code Alexa10, you will have 10% off on your next purchase. So don't hesitate, go now and look so good like me. Have you checked out the fresh new swag we have at rebelnewsstore.com? Like this nifty resistance trucker sweater. We have warm, cozy sweaters, t-shirts, mugs, hats, phone cases, you name it. Everything to fit your freedom-loving needs or maybe even trigger a liberal family member or friend. And for a limited time, you can use code TAMARA10 at checkout to save 10% off of your total order. So head on over to rebelnewsstore.com, check out all of our new designs, make some purchases, and use code TAMARA, that's T-A-M-A-R-A, -A -A, 10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Head on over, check it out. Well, Drea, as we teased before the break, uh, a bit of a scoop for Rebel News. I'm referring to uh, Ezra Levent's monologue on his show yesterday regarding the CBC and Twitter. And I believe our colleague uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed has just posted a written a piece. And uh, here's the Coles notes. Exclusive access to information documents obtained by Rebel News show Catherine Tate, CEO of Trudeau's state broadcaster, told the social media giant, that would be Twitter, the company must censor tweets or Trudeau would bring yeah. in laws to force them to do so. 
Um, Are you disturbed by this entitlement as I am, Drea? So disturbed. And you have the CEO over in New York working with Trudeau. It says uh, in the article Sheila put out today, I guess, Tate also hinted that CBC was working with Trudeau government to remove the flow of hate. Of course, it always has to be labeled something like that. Um, This should concern all Canadians and I guess you know, other countries too, because if it can happen to Canada, it can happen to anybody. But this is the sign of a dictatorship. What is that? You better fall in line or else we're coming with for you with laws that will hurt your business. Because mm. let's face it, if a government says we're going to put laws that force you to do business the way we like it, that hurts that company's pocket or money too, right? So, wow. It, it, <laughs> it is a wow moment. Standards. And, and, you know, it's confirming, Dre, our suspicions uh, in regard to the fix being in with the CBC that they're beholden to uh, Sugar Daddy Blackface. And imagine the chutzpah, the sheer mitigated gall of forcibly taking more than $1.2 billion of our tax money. We have no say in that. And Mm -hmm. then going to the prime minister and saying, oh, you know what, there's um, some people out there with political wrong thought and we want them punished and we want the social media platform that is the conveyance of this wrong thought punished as well. This is Banana Republic stuff, Dre. I mean, I know we don't grow bananas in Canada. Let's call it a maple syrup republic. But this is dictatorship 101. It is. And uh, Elon Musk did respond to one of Ezra Levant's tweets about it. He said the CBC uh, said they were working with Trudeau to pressure Twitter to censor users. What's the possibility of a Twitter files document release in Canada to clear the air? Wouldn't that be great to see? Oh, yeah. And Elon Musk responded with interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, so, it's like a Bond again, villain, eh? <laughs> <laughs> right. And who's been complaining about Elon Musk, uh, his Twitter saying, you know, government funded media, the CBC. Yeah. This is exactly who they are. And it's all coming out. And, you know, I hope more Canadians find out about this because anybody who wants just the simple news, the truth uh, needs to know. You know, it's amazing, too, to see how the left has turned on Elon Musk. He he was one of their heroes just a scant 18 months ago. Oh, he's making electric vehicles. He's going to save the planet. No carbon footprint here. Uh, And then, oh, he's what? He's a proponent of free speech. Oh, what a (laughs) horrible person. Ooh, boo, boo, Elon Musk. It is unbelievable. The left is, you know, and, and again, Dre, we've talked about this so many times. Classical liberals used to be all about freedom of the press, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. And now they're really Marxists, the liberals. They're they're all about censorship, even in the United States, where they have the First Amendment, something I wish we had here. Um, It's just and when we get documents like this, like I said, we really (coughs) see their agenda, don't we? And it's not pretty. Yeah, classic liberals are being called far right now. So oh, yeah. no, <laughs> I've no. met many of them. They're like, what? Oh, um, but if, yeah, you're, this, if, you're a, if you're a classical liberal, you're a conservative now. Exactly. Yeah. And, th- and this is why, uh, you know, back to the CBC thing, this is why fighting C-11 is so important. Right now we're showing uh, documents about that as well. And I think we have a campaign. I mean, you can go to this... Um, article with Sheila, but I think we also have like a direct URL about C11, stop C11 as well. But this is the fight of our lives in in Canada. I truly believe that because my question is, you know, once they, the whole pretending this is about supporting Canadian musicians is over and they get to the actual purpose of it, what is in plan? Why did this need to happen? What is coming next uh, that they don't want Rebel News talking about to the people? That is of great concern. Yeah, and uh, the big boss man, he adroitly laid out the strategy. It's a four-pronged strategy. Some of those uh, elements include signing our petition. Uh, when right. this um, Bill C-11 hearings, when they do the whole town hall tour, pack the joint and voice your concerns, even though they might not listen to you, but at least, you know, don't bend the knee. And thirdly, um, donate 
for the legal challenge because all the mm -hmm. other stuff is just words. But this is where we hope to shine. Get, Get a it in the very yeah. good lawyer and argue the merits. And all we can ask is a fair-minded judge because I think the case is it's fantastic. It's happened before. It's yeah. happened before in our cases. So we'll just pray again. A hundred percent. But Drea, uh, as Ezra's mentioned, uh, we're looking at $500,000 to get this ball yeah. rolling. And it's going to take years because that's just the way the legal process worked. But we can't bend the knee. This is too important. You're right. This is the fight of our lives. Not just our lives. Anyone at home that is enjoying what's left of the freedoms in Canada, this is a major fly swatter to that. And it's mm -hmm. got to be disarmed. And case in point, CRTC considering banning Fox News from cable <laughs> packages. Oh, why would, oh, I see. Well, it's an LGBT rights group. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, you know. Uh, Aren't they happy? Tucker's gone. <laughs> what what like, do they want? Oh, I guess that was, it's like shark smelling blood in the water. We got rid, <laughs> we got rid of the head honcho. Now let's get rid of the rest. We already can't get Fox News Nation in Canada for some bizarre reason. And now they want to get rid of this now. So what, what is it? Why are the LGBTQ unicorns trying to shut down Fox News? What, what, what's their problem? And really, if there was a problem with Fox News, uh, Drea, it's, the answer is not shutting down an entire network. It would be if you had a case, and they don't have any case, bring a mm -hmm. matter of defamation before the courts or slander or libel. Right. But they don't yeah. have that. So they no. just go to uh, Blackface's uh, w media watchdog, the CRTC, and say, oh, off with their heads, please. No, we are not going to acquiesce to a percentage of the population that is what, Drea, 0.00001%. Again, let's make insane asylums great again. And I'll tell you another thing. You can understand now, Drea, that why there are new organizations forming such as gays against groomers and mm -hmm. lgb without the t because they're waking up in that community and going these trans people huh, they don't speak for us this is lunacy mm -hmm. and i feel sorry for the trans people that also want to be out of the trans community i agree because there's both them as well they're like no don't don't separate me with this crazy trans agenda because i'm not having that um you know but uh it, there's just so much to unpack there. They say that they, if you're confused on who's lying, it's usually the person trying to silence the other person. And there, there's a reason be, because of that. If someone is lying and you want to prove that they're lying, you want them to keep talk, talking. You want them to slip up. You want their, them to be heard so you can say, look, this is what they're doing. And like you said, uh, take it to court or even discuss it and say, look at what this is happening. But they don't want that. They don't want people hearing from Fox because they don't want them hearing the other side of the story and then knowing the truth. That's and all know, this is. Andrea, let me tell you something. Don't put it past the CRTC to act on this. I speak from personal experience. As you know, many of us at Fox, at, at Rebel News, <laughs> uh, such as our founder, CEO, and president, Ezra Levant, uh, we were made refugees from the Sun News Network back in 2015. Uh, if the Sun News Network was still in existence, there would be no Rebel News. We'd all still presumably be employed there. But the CRTC, Drea, denied us the license we needed to stay alive. It was a license given out to so many other specialty broadcasters whose content was basically recycled sitcoms from the 1980s. And the very reason for the CRTC is Canadian content. Okay, well, uh, Sun News was owned by Quebec Or. We were based in Toronto. We had bureaus all across the country. It was staffed by over 200 people telling Canadian stories to Canadian viewers. You couldn't get more Canadian if I were to uh, slap a tattoo of Canada Packers on my butt. And believe me, nobody wants to see that. But the point is, after a brilliant presentation, the CRTC said, nope, uh, decision denied. And you know what the reason was, Drea? There was no reason because they don't have to give a reason. The unspoken reason is to have one right of center uh, news channel 
in the Canadian landscape, that was a bridge too far for the CRTC. So let's see if they indeed uh, double down, especially now that they're empowered uh, further by Bill C-11. Absolutely despicable. Well, that's where it goes to you. Uh, I, I agree. And I'm going to move on to a super chat where somebody is giving us constructive criticism, which we welcome. Yes. We don't want you silenced, okay? And so they donated $5 to do it to help us uh, continue on. This is Kenzie67. And Kenzie says, I'm disappointed with your all cap locks, I might add. Does that I mean they're yelling? I think, but I'm not sure. I'm disappointed with your limited coverage of the National Citizens Inquiry. Please cover and share as they are being suppressed, even on Twitter. Stop with the trans and cover inquiry, please. Well, uh, my response to that is I, I don't believe we do have limited coverage of the yeah. NCI. I just spent uh, yesterday, I think, 11 hours there uh, working after there overcoming a stomach flu. Um, and I know our very own Tamara Ugolini yep. actually testified at the NCI um, and also has done reports. We have multiple reports on it. Perhaps if you go on to DuckDuckGo and type in National Citizens Inquiry Rebel News, you might be able to find some of our coverage because just like they're suppressed, so are we. So it's not just going to you know, pop out at you all the time. And if you haven't done so already, um, you could also go to rebelnews.com and sometimes there's a pop-up that shows up or there's probably another way to do it. I'm sorry if I don't know how to say it, but if you have never given us your, um, you know, your email or your, um, sorry, postal code or something like that, we don't always know where you are to send you emails as well, especially when they're in your area. So the NCI just came here May 2nd to the lower mainland, which is where I'm based. So I've been covering it. Like I said, I was sick with the flu. I couldn't make it May 2nd. I was just getting over that. Um, don't tell Dr. Bonnie Henry. And um, this is one of my tweets. Uh, in fact, our editors are working on getting one of my reports on it out right now as we speak behind the scenes. Um, but this was a, a very horrible story, um, not a dry eye in the, the house. And that is Mr. James Jones from Victoria testifying to how his wife Sandra killed, him, killed herself Sorry, um, just days after being fired from being a BC transit worker. So she left a big note and basically that mandate was a driving force in her ending her life. And this was just shortly, yeah, it's horrible. So again, we have that report coming for you. We're working as hard as we can to cover it and every other story that's being suppressed um, by the state-backed media like the CBC. So but, hopefully but Drea, that answers. To the viewer's <laughs> point, I would make the argument, thanks to your work and Tamara and Sheila, yeah. I think of all the media organizations in Canada, we've given the most coverage. I think so. I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> um, you know, no. uh, unless you want to just have Rebel News run a live stream 24-7 about it, but we, we Which are Which they're covering. doing. Yeah. The NCI is doing that themselves exactly. and we are and not only are we doing reports, we're throwing we're retweeting their stuff on Twitter. So we're doing our part. <laughs> Indeed. Drea, we should take another ad break and then uh, we've got 15 minutes left. We have to have a hard end at two o'clock. I'm on a special assignment. I know that sounds James Bond. Me too, and it might involve Antifa, <laughs> so pray for me. Please. I hope not. <laughs> so why don't we take this ad break and we'll get back to, uh, well, welcome to Vancouver, the only city in North America currently serving cocaine, crack, heroin, and crystal meth in broad daylight. Lovely. What could possibly go wrong? I am doing something today that I have never tried before. Listen up. I'm looking for collaborators in a new and exciting initiative. As you most likely know, YouTube a long time ago demonetized Rebel News and we are 100% viewer funded. Now, while our supporters are fantastic at helping us cover legal campaigns and special reporting missions, unfortunately, the reality is our day-to-day -day operational expenses often exceed our income stream, which is crazy if you think about it because my videos across all platforms attract hundreds of thousands of views and sometimes even millions. So I wanna share that reach with the right partners. If you have a product or business and want to enter a win-win relationship with me, please go to rebelnews.com forward slash 
at and fill in the form to let me know. I won't be accepting anyone. I need to believe in your business or product so I can sell it proudly for you. And for successful applicants, I will guarantee a minimum view count, meaning even if your ad is published on the less popular reports, we'll keep promoting your business or product until it gets the agreed minimum eyeball. So again, if you have a cool company or product that either wants to take advantage of my reach or want to support my work through advertising in a way that you can write it off as a tax deduction or both, head over to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and hopefully we can join forces soon. Wow, in addition to being a great journalist, Avi Amini is a great salesman too, isn't he? I mean, if he I is. had the money, I'd be throwing it on his table right now. He's such a star, a my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I need to start a business just to work now with the ads because of that ad. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, well, let me, uh, you take this, uh, Drea. Uh, this is indeed in your backyard, Vancouver, a beautiful city, yeah. much like San Francisco, perhaps the, one of the most beautiful and unique cities in uh, the United States, uh, the, the, the hills, the bay, the cable cars, uh, but now uh, a city fraught with pearl. And again, uh, on the West Coast <laughs> in Canada, your city, Vancouver, it's um the drug version of uh, Lollapalooza. What in blue hell is going on, Drea? Well, this, we're sharing a tweet from Aaron Gunn, who's a, a, a democratarian, is that one? I can't speak today. <laughs> oh, documentarian, thank ah. you very much. Journalist who doesn't know her words. Uh, documentarian, he's also a political commentator and he's well known. Um, for pointing, shedding light on this issue with what's happening in Vancouver. He did a documentary called Vancouver's Dying. And this is him, I guess, standing in Vancouver saying, welcome to Vancouver, the only city in North America currently serving cocaine, crack, heroin, crystal meth in broad daylight with no consequences from the city or police. And that is that is true. I mean, this is the hub of where you can see stuff like this. So he's got a sign here where it's all for sale there. Look at that. Crack cocaine, $20, 1.5 points. I mean, you can have kids walking right by there who have never even heard, you know, what's a point. And now they're going to be Googling it and stuff like that. And you've got MDMA down at the bottom. And what is that? There's a lot of people who think, Everything that's happening with the legalization of drugs here is just the, the greatest thing. But how does that help people in addiction? I've worked for years with people in addiction. That's not going to help them at all. The reasons why they're addicted are not because they could not access drugs. Um, yes, some of the drugs that they're accessing are unclean, but just because they're going to get clean drugs over here isn't going to stop them from getting unclean drugs over there. So uh, it's very frustrating, uh -huh. and I'm glad he's yeah. shedding light on it. 100%, Drea. It is really throwing uh, gasoline on a fire. Uh, if you think you're helping addicts by accommodating them, uh, by enabling them, no, you're not. You're, you're sending them down a horrible spiral, perhaps even to their death. You know, Drea, in March, uh, Alberta Premier Daniel Smith was in Toronto to receive an award. I went to that dinner. And uh, it was amazing. She talked about how Alberta is doing the polar opposite approach of British Columbia. That um, they've- Surprise, surprise. Oh yes, <laughs> isn't it something? But the yeah. program is basically police officers going to drug addicts on the street and saying, listen, yeah. uh, you've got two options. Uh, you, we can arrest you and put you behind bars for what you're doing or we can put you into a program. And it was an there amazing program. Uh, Premier Smith talked about it. It's like a dormitory where these people get clean, where they're taught the basics, you know, how to shop. You know, they, they are responsible for the cleanliness of the dormitories. And a community establish, is, is established where these people, addicts to hardcore drugs, actually mm -hmm. get off the habit, get clean, sober up, and become, you know, members of society again, not dependent yes, on that. that's what I, it's about. Yeah, so I ask you, which system, folks, would you rather have? We enable the drug addicts 
to have no future or we help clean them up so that they do have a future. And I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really odd, isn't it, Adrea? Why doesn't this program extend to alcoholics? I mean, what if you lost your driver's <laughs> license because uh, you had a DWI conviction? Uh, mm -hmm. Why don't we, oh, I don't know, find out who these people are and bring them bottles of scotch and bourbon to their house so they don't have to drive, so we don't put the public at, at risk? Because obviously uh, they can't get by the day without having a couple of mm -hmm. hits. Uh, it, yeah. This is what I don't understand, why the very worst addictive substances are mm -hmm. being accommodated by the state. Mm -hmm. And so this one is, uh, so BC is, uh, I guess, decriminalizing and, and allowing the sale of some um, drugs. But this one in particular is a little bit unique, what we're seeing this sign here. So it's a Vancouver man who has opened the only known brick and mortar store in Canada. And the, sorry, I'm going close, and the U.S. that sells these things, these drugs. And so he has opened this drugstore on Wednesday in Vancouver's downtown east side, which if you're unfamiliar with that area is not a pretty site, um, a neighborhood that's long been considered ground zero for Canada's overdose epidemic, very true. And so I wanna scroll down probably so he, here we go. So he opened the store because he wants to give people drugs that have been tested and are free um, from the bad stuff in them, including fentanyl. Although fentanyl, which is driving record overdoses in Canada and the U.S., is the primary street. So he, if I recall with this um, person, he's sort of doing this on his own, going a little bit over and above. And so it will be interesting to see how this is handled by the government. Because I also wonder about money, right? Who who's benefiting from the you know being able to sell these drugs, right? If you follow the money. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it um, despicable. And you know, on the flip side, Drea, let's end on a happier note. Um, <laughs> the Democracy Fund legal victory. TDF lawyers secure withdrawal of criminal charges against. Was it someone going to do a holdup of a drug? No, it was a maskless shopper. Uh, it was a <laughs> hell of an ordeal. Uh, it was a disabled shopper, if you can imagine. Um, criminally charged with obstruction after shopping <gasps> maskless. Uh, finally, it's come to an end, or it came to an end in a provincial courtroom in Tuesday when all charges were dismissed. Drea, your thoughts? Well, this is great. This is a perfect thing to end on. It's great news. And, um, you know, we've seen it before with other successful cases that we've helped. Um, I should say the people have helped through their great donations to the Democracy Fund and fight the fines. As, you know, it was all in the headlines. Oh, this person was arrested and this person was charged and this one and this one. And then years later, because that's how it works out, you know, charges are often dropped, showing that, um, you know, it was just a bunch of nonsense, but I'm happy to see that this was fought and then that this person was supported by the people through the great Democracy Fund charity. So that's oh, awesome. Doing great work. And I believe that was at a pharmacy, wasn't it, Adria? And the, the, the irony is so perverse here. Usually you go to a pharmacy to get medicine to get better. You don't expect to be gang tackled by cops. But apparently not having your mask on properly, uh, that's the prime directive uh, for mm -hmm. police services, at least back then it was. And as we stated uh, earlier, uh, if you're a trans person having a meltdown, oh yeah, yeah, feel free to physically assault someone for hurting your feelings. Uh, mm -hmm. It's uh, no harm, no foul. What kind of world are we in? But uh, this is indeed a legal victory. And you know, I, I wonder if down the road, Drea, um, if we are requested to quarantine again, if there's some yeah. new variant, if the monkeypox comes back, remember that for 10 minutes. I think Bill that Gates the, is, Bill Gates is, uh, I saw he's suggesting there is something coming. Yeah, so. oh, of course, you know, he's been predicting this and wanting it for, for decades, it would seem. Um, but Drea, uh, would the majority of Canadians bend the knee? Would we be such sheep again? Uh, because I know from people who followed the rules, who wore masks, said never again, no yeah. chance. I am not. And, and also a lot of people, by the way, Drea, that had their shots, had their boosters, 
that are really suffering from buyer's remorse right now, given what's mm -hmm. coming out in terms of evidence. So I am hopeful that we won't have another repeat of the last three years. What do you think? Well, we will certainly have way more saying no from the start. I'm confident of that. Yeah. But we there's still people walking around or driving in their car with masks on. Isn't now. it amazing? <laughs> and, and a lot of people wear masks. I've heard this over and over. They're wearing masks because they think it's what other people want them to do. Yeah. And it's like everybody's walking around wearing it just because they nobody even wants to wear it. So you'll have those people, too, that just think like they don't want to upset anybody. And so they're smothering themselves for no reason. I'll go further on your point, Drea. I think wearing the mask right now in 2023, that's a political statement. That is a visual sign to everyone out there. I like big government. I like big lockdowns. I like being told what to do, whether it's uh, getting um, uh, vaccinated or wearing a mask or having my store shut down while those with lobbyists like Walmart, they can remain open. That's what the mask is right now. Or uh, is I like my face better, which there's actual evidence to support <laughs> that less attractive <laughs> people are wearing that. I, I read it. Like, really? Like, maybe they think they look good. I remember in the mask, I'd go up to people and I'd be like, oh, I know you. And I'd start talking and then they'd pull down the mask and I'm like, oh, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they're like, this is the best I've looked in my entire life. I get more attention with my eyes. You never know. Unbelievable. Do we have any more Super Chats, Drea? I nope, don't I think, believe I think we're so. Clear. I think okay, we are well, done. We're just two minutes at the top of the hour. So, uh, and I just- Wow, early. Yeah, absolutely. For a change. Uh, I think yeah. I should do a special shout out to Lady Menzoid. She had a milestone birthday oh. today. Uh, she is 30. You've got to put a little multiple there and you'll get the actual age. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so happy, happy birthday, birthday uh, Lady Menzoid. Uh, uh, we all love you here. Well, I certainly Me do. Too. And uh, many Thanks more. Thanks for keep many uh, more putting up with David. You know, it's kind of, uh, there's a bitter irony here, Drea. Um, it is May the 4th be with you. Uh, and Lady Menzoid hates Star Wars with a passion. <laughs> I was born on April 20th, that's 420 day. I hate marijuana, it's the smell. I'm, I'm so sorry, I can't get past the skunk flatulent smell of marijuana. What are the odds we'd be both born on a gimmicky day like that? Yeah, and that you should And we swapped. hate the day. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't so. know if she likes weed, but there you, you go. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much, Drea. It's always a joy doing the show. And thank you to super producers, Efren and Olivia behind the boards. And thank you to all our viewers, especially those who chipped in to help us pay our bills. Greatly appreciated. I'll be back here tomorrow with another Rebel News personality. In the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane. Bye, everyone. The desire for them to run an influence operation um, was... Uh, evidenced in that uh, reporting in the Globe and Mail. And within five months of this donation being signed, both the gentlemen uh, were given direct access to the Prime Minister. That's quite a deal for $140,000, I'd say, that they were both able to, to access uh, the Prime Minister. And the, con and the situation around it, where we have consular officials from the People's Republic of China directing how the donation is to flow. We have, um, we have the involvement for the first and only time in 18 years on the foundation of the Prime Minister's brother. We have um, the Prime Minister's brother, you sir, signing that donation agreement and it culminating with those, those cash for access events with Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister. That raises incredibly concerning questions for Canadians. You said you had to sign at the start of, at the start of my questions. You said that you, that you had to sign. Why, why did you have to sign? Because it was a three-way agreement between the foundation, uh, four in many ways, the, the foundation, myself representing the Trudeau family, l'Université de Montréal, and the donors. Uh, so I guess I could have I, the main reason I signed is because Morris asked me to. Uh, I also had signing authority at the time. 
Uh, so I was regularly signing checks at the foundation. So, but it, I would have, I imagine I could have given a procuration to Morris to sign for the family, but it was his suggestion that for the, the views of the ceremony and honoring these men who I, by the way, still have no reason to believe their motives were not honorable. Uh, that time? Okay. And uh, so that's why I signed. It was in, in that capacity as a family member, giving the permission to use the name. 